Yes, 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 it's me, Matthew Nutter, and the wonderful Scott Howarth, and we are here to bring you another delicious slice of the podcast all about perception, lad. How is that? I thought it was very good. I thought you were going to say pie, though, a delicious slice of oh, pie. Oh, that would have ex- been better. I got excited. What kind of pie was it? Meat pie? Chicken and... I couldn't think of the second Mushroom. word. Mushroom. Oh, oh, come on. I can't believe it. I nearly said veg. I mean, you've got chicken and sweet corn soup. Yeah. It's a chicken and mushroom pie, in it? I love chicken and mushroom, me. <laughs> so uh, so what slice are we giving the listeners today? Oh, we're going to give them... We're going to give them a slice of the pie on, uh, on our jobs, aren't we, Scott? You know, a little bit of background noise for you and a little bit of behind the closed doors for me. How's that? Matthew Nutter, Behind the Knife. <laughs> That's going to be your first book, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, I love it, yeah, yeah. Matthew Nutter, Behind the Knife, yes. The Naked Chef. Oh. Be a good one, that. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about perception today. What the eyes see. But what they don't see. I've been reading... What they see, uh, what they see and what I, I, they don't see. I, I, that I've been reading... Um, Matthew McConaughey's book. I've nearly finished it. Green lights. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've actually been trying to take a picture of it for the Instagram, but they're terrible. I'm so shit at pictures. You so. just need to put it in light, don't you? You just need to go outside. Yeah. You live in darkness. There's always you? a you, fucking you shadow go, over the top. <laughs> you go to work in darkness at the moment. Yeah, You're do, pretty yeah. much coming home in darkness, yeah. and you walk in the dogs in darkness. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he, um, yeah, he's fucking amazing. The the book is incredible. There's a lot about perception on that and. There's that point. I don't know this film. Uh, it's a film where he plays a lawyer. Right. And oh, I can't the remember. lawyer. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, the attorney. Go on. Anyway, he plays a lawyer. It's a really big film. Sandra Bullock's in, I think. Okay. And um, oh, after, is it like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? No, 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 no. Is it not? No. 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 Uh, anyway, go on. Crack and on. anyway, he comes out of this film. He says one day. The film's being heard this day and he walks down um, Boulevard, uh, whatever it's called, some Boulevard walkway, Sunset Boulevard, and it's just like every other day there's 300 people there and nobody looks at him. Yeah. And then the next day, films come out and there's 300 people there and only one person... <laughs> is it, is it called there. The Lincoln Lawyer? <laughs> is that what it says on there? That's what I've just Googled, yeah. Um, I wasn't far up by saying The Lawyer. Right, well, maybe it is. Anyway. And... Um, and yeah, he said everyone's looking at him because obviously he's famous now. Mm. Um, but inside, he's still the same guy. Yeah, outside, everyone's like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" This quite uh, go on. I'll no, let it finish. No, no, it's just uh, he has to learn to deal with his newfound fame, mm. and he can't for a long time. Uh, but it's just quite interesting because uh, I heard the other day about you've got to can you handle your own success? And I thought it was a really interesting question. <laughs> You know, it, but because it happens, doesn't it? You know, you, well, you get in your own head. And the thing I was going to add to that is that um, in your circle, you're yeah. massive. Yeah. You know, um, the perception of like what what we don't really get in life is like un- unless you're a celebrity and a major celebrity at that. That's why we have this term of oh, geez, it's, they're a Z list, they're a Z list celeb, right? Because you can be big in your own circle. But then outside that circle, you're a nobody. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's like the whole thing of going into like a, a restaurant. Do you, do you know who I am? Yeah. Scott Howarth of uh, yeah. A.O. Podcasting, yeah? I am, lad, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Like in the circle of podcasts, so, you know, people who follow A.O. Podcast, they know who we are. But besides that, we're, we're nobodies. Yeah. Um, and it's the perception of that. So handling, I suppose, handling the fame, because that's more what it is, what he's talking about. It's more the fame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fame of being a, maybe a famous lawyer. Is that what he's talking about? Is that what you're on? No, he's talking about just the general fame because he's a, a movie star. Actor, actor. Oh, right. So he's talking about actual yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Right. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's a different kind of thing. I don't think there's many people in this life that can go through that. And it's also handling it. And that's yeah. I think that's the big issue right now with um, how we make celebrities, especially in the UK, yeah. with all these reality stars, is they're surprised when they crack. It's so weird. I mean, Macaulay Culkin, he's a... He's only just learned over the last like five, ten years to deal with his fame. Do you know what I mean? Like that boy went. That's down a, di- it's a di- yeah, but that's a different thing again. Look at Michael Jackson. It, that was like kid yeah. fame. Yeah. You, 
if you don't know how to deal with it now, if you got famous tomorrow, could you deal with it? You'd be like, oh, well, I'll learn how to deal with it. Sure. As yeah. a kid, you're th- th- like forced, you're thrust into it is the yeah. word I was looking for. Yeah. But yeah. So, to, well, anyway, today's chat. <laughs> today's is, chat is, is about perception. It's perception, yeah. Yeah. I had something else to add to it. Um, well, what I want to cover is I, I kind of want to give the listeners a little bit of what we're going to be doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we can, we can talk a little bit about a generalised perception. You know sure. the perception of how big your muscles are. You know the perception of a of your reality of when you walk out that door, being a very proactive guy. Mm-hmm. But what people don't know is that when you shut that door, you're you're a cabbage. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There's the perception that you are happily in love or whatever. You know, there's so many perceptions that we can generalize upon. Of course, of course. Um, and I think we can we can talk a little bit about the generalization, like we're doing right now with the McCath- Matthew McConaughey thing. But we don't really have any experience in being a celeb yeah 100%. Um, but what we do have is we have the we have the ability to talk about what our jobs are and what we do and be able to give that little bit of experience from there can't we yeah 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 so i wanted to generalize a little bit and then move into like the deeper topic because we i think we've we've kind of like uh moved away from our jobs a little bit for a little for a little while on the podcast big time yeah yeah we've um we've gone a little bit into our current lifestyles our lives mm-hmm. in general and and yeah let's come back to it scott you know it's it's, it's another one coming back to it for me though i was just gonna say yeah it's been what um it's a year. almost a year it's just it? just over a year now since I, I did my last touring job yeah wow it's been a year so talking about my job and the perception of my job or like yeah. anything to do with my job i'm like i've do I know myself anymore? Yeah. I do, I do, don't you worry. I'm sure you fucking do, I can do, still yeah. talk, don't you worry. Yeah. But yeah, I suppose that's why things have been a bit different, uh, especially for me. And I mean, for you, I think when we started the podcast, you was in a bit of a transition stage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we talked about this previously in, in other episodes where you were on a path of your own restaurant and then you moved away from that. Um and it's quite an interesting thing. That's why we're definitely going to get into it in a little bit sure, about, yeah. about your perception of it, uh, about the how successful the business was as well. Do you know what I mean? Before going on to the full topics, so recently I've been hearing a lot of talk on the radio about certain gigs that have been booked in for the year and mm. tickets being sold and festivals and they're really hoping that we are back on the ground by June and they're giving the, you know, the perception that, all is going to be well. What What's your idea about? Well, it? I think I'll get political with it. Well, I will. Uh, I, I'll end up getting political with it, and I don't think that's something that I should be doing right now on this podcast. Um, it's just that the I think the language. I'll put it very straightforward and very simply for for how my opinion is mm-hmm. on the, upon it. I think the language of the government right now is that everything's um, pinned upon the vaccine. Sure, um, and I think that's what people are pinned on. What a lot of people aren't understanding about live music right now is the reason there's no gigs is because no one will insure them. Right. And that's the reason why there's no gigs. Right. Um, you're allowed to have a thousand people in a place, right? Cool. But no one's going to put up the money to pay artists because when you book an artist, you typically pay a percentage up front, typically right. 50% up front. Okay. Um, and then they book everything in from that. Yeah. Um, well, they're not wanting to pay things up front because then they're not insured should the event get cancelled. You know, there's things written in the contracts where as an event of fear, an event of God, you know, it can get cancelled, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like this tear, this tear thing, it can be slammed down at any second and there's no insurance for that and no one, no insurance company's backing that. Right. It's too much of a risk. Right. So that's the reason why there's no gigs at the moment. So if they start saying there might be this in, in thingy, put it this way, we're in, we're in January right now, one of the biggest festivals in the UK is Red and the Leeds Festival. Yeah. And they've still not announced or booked okay. anyone as of yet, as far as my mind. Yeah, that, that's what I was wondering, if you'd got any inside information as to whether an email come through saying this and that and blah, 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 but obviously not. Well, this is this is the same thing. Is You know, you can talk about perception in, in, in that way, is that, you know, what's the the perception is, oh, in, in a couple of months we're going to be back on our feet. That's not a perception, that's, that's just a... A stab in the dark. It's a lot. It's a guess. A it's just a guess. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I'm over it. Like yeah. I've done a year of like waiting for my job to come back, and now I'm yeah. just I'm just getting on with life. I'm not waiting around for my job anymore. If it yeah. comes back, sweet. Right now, I'm like I'm just gonna get on with other stuff. Sure, but yeah. sure, yeah. But yeah, perception though is a it's a big old topic, and I think it's something that we've been looking forward to chatting about. Yeah, on it all, and I think you know, I um before this episode, I kind of went through like my friends list to see what 
jobs and situations my friends are in. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got friends in tattoos, tattoo artists and, uh, you know, artists in general and, and stuff like that. And then we've got people who are like civil servants and stuff like that. And it's the perception of, your first question is always, how much money do they earn? to most people oh that must be a good job must earn loads of money with that yeah yeah. oh you must be busy all the time yeah you know and filling a diary for a tattoo artist you know the perception is oh god you're always busy whereas you don't know if they're taking three days off a week yeah it's there they're self-employed there's the perception of being self-employed and there's the perception of being a PAYE I suppose sure yeah Yeah. pay as you earn kind of thing I I accidentally bumped into um, a guy, I'm not going to fully name the guy, but uh, Mr. Mace, I'll call him. Mm. Oh, right, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, bumped into him probably way before the pandemic, but off, off the train and he jumps off and he's like, ah, where you working? I said, oh, just don't know. I'm like, well, where are you working? He says, ah, I'm working for HMRC now. I'm earning loads of money. Just just like that. And I was like, oh, all right, okay. And he stopped to try and talk to me and I just said, see you later, lad. Just see you. But, but but he was one of them people that always really wanted to give the perception uh, of doing well. Doing well with how much they're earning and whatnot. couldn't wait to tell me. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of that in, in uh, someone that used to hang out with him quite a lot. Um, whereas, you know, he used to say, we used to call him Mr. 20K, didn't we? And uh, he put a lot of emphasis on how much money you earn. Yeah. And now, right now, he's he's taking a little change in life again. Yeah. And uh, he's happier. Right. It's not earning as much money, but he's happier. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's the perception of like wealth equals happiness. I read a, a fantastic thing. It was, it was, there, was, there was a great thing. Um, Vice actually did, did, this, did this article, right? And it was a terrible article, right. right? A horrendous article. But there was one part in it that I found really interesting. And then they just threw everything else away. It was like shit journalism. Okay. Right. So Vice, I'm coming for you. Um, and it was about the differences of like um, being poor and being rich. Okay. And how you separate from, you know, if you're very, very wealthy, you go to a boarding school, you know, you separate from your parents and there's kind of like, you're more in with the help than you are with your family. Right. So even though you've got, you know, your kind of like uh, comfort blanket is wealth. You know, your comfort blanket when you're poor is your family. Sure. I suppose, you know, yeah. so, but you, you're exactly the same. You still feel the same regardless of if you're poor or if you're wealthy. And it was yeah. quite interesting. They started to tickle upon it and they're saying like, oh, you know, so many differences. And then they just talked about smearing fecal, fecal matter on the wall. Right. Literally. And I was like, what is this? Com-? I couldn't even reply to it on Instagram because I, because at first I put shit and I realised that you can't swear. They're, not, they're blocking any swearing. Right. And then I wrote fecal matter and they blocked me on fecal matter. And I was like, right, well, I'm not just going to comment. I'm not going to comment something that when I can't swear. Uh, yeah. You can't, you can't put them rules on me. It, if it, I want to put a poo emoji, I will put a poo emoji. That, that's, uh, um, that, that's a really interesting thing. Like, like when you grow up and you, you don't fully understand it, you're in school and there's, in my school, there's always the ones from the council estate, and they always always had brand spanking new, like whatever Adidas tracksuits on, for instance. Mm. And I always had this perception that it's called used to go. What was it? Uh, was it QS Fashion? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> that's where I went for my very yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. Adidas tracksuit. Yeah. And uh, you have this perception, like, right, they're in the council estate, so they don't have much money. Yeah. Um, how the fuck do they have all these brand new trackers and they're always like soft back of a van. And it's, like, it's, it's the perception of wealth. It's the perception of yeah. like, we're doing all right. Yeah. And where is, and where is this van? Is, is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where is this van? <laughs> we knew someone that had a lot of things at the back of a van. I got sold an iPod off him once. Fell oh, off, yeah, fell off back of a van. Yeah, it worked for like yeah. a week and then stopped. Yeah, it did. No box with it. No. <laughs> my, uh, Where'd you get it from? Back of a van. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. my, my dad literally used to get stuff off the back of his trailer. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But uh, but but then yeah, like you always have this weird perception that you are one of the poor ones when you your mum and dad don't get you the the new tracksuit and you have to go QS fashions and oh, that's whatever. all right. Yeah. It's, just, it's just bargain for your buck, that isn't it? It's just out of season. It's the new T QS fashions was before TK Maxx. Yeah. Basically, that's basically yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was out of out of trend fashion. That's and what it was, and you were quite happy when you were a kid to wear if, that. If you had an Aldi bag in school, 
you was deemed poor, but no, everyone fucking has Aldi bags. Shop. Aldi's the place to be. Shop at Aldi all the time. Love me it. too, me too. Absolutely love it. Oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an odd one, isn't it? Like the whole thing with the, with being like wealth wealthy is that um, you have this perception of like, oh, you have everything. You can't be bored. You've got you know new PlayStation. Yeah, you've got. I'd love your life. You've got this. You've got that. You know yeah. the perception is. The, well, the grass is always greener. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, and the grass is always greener. Yeah. and you don't know what happens when that door shuts. Yeah, um, and what they're like. Really, you know, they're they're extremely wealthy. This is like they're looked after by the help. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, even if you watch The Crown on the Netflix on Netflix at the moment, <laughs> you like, love that, don't you? Oh, mate, that was so good. If you watch that, like, you know, you'll you'll notice that uh, the 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 children of the Queen. Yeah, you don't really know what they call her the Queen. Really, not, you know, I mean, they say mummy. They say mummy to her, but like this is just this is just a TV show. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's just, not it's just, not real. It's just, so. it's just a TV show. Okay, um, but like you know, there's still that separation. Sure, you know, whereas the contrast in in a poor family is is that your your your, your blood is everything. Yeah, your family is everything. Sure, it's how yeah. they feel. It's how everything. So yeah, yeah. it's so interesting. Just, this is a great little segue onto some <laughs> love some in, word. love it lad. Uh, but I've got some uh, good old questions about your career Scott from that and the perception of um, the bands on stage like you you obviously work incredibly close with them behind doors you know yeah, be, yeah. Be, behind backstage fucking live with them exactly yeah. literally living with them so and it always interests me when you see a band when they're mid tour mm. and they are fucking killing it man you mm. know they're killing it and it's as if it's the first show. It's as if they've had the best sleep in the world. It's as if somebody's just cleanly pressed all the clothes and they all look awesome. Yeah. But obviously the reality it isn't always that, is it? Well, the big thing right now, right, is all the bands that I work for is every time you go out, there's there's a crew. Yeah. You have crew to look after your sound. You have crew to look after your lights. You have crew to look after the production. You have crew to look after your food. You have crew for everything, right? But you have crew to look after your social. Mm-hmm. How are your socials? Um, you have a crew to look after your meet and greet. You know, your social interaction, be it online, be it in person, there is a crew for that social. Wow, okay. And it's one of the most important things because what you want to do is, for one, if you start posting about live gigs, um, you're interacting with those fans, maybe bringing new people in. Maybe you can sell more tickets doing that way. Maybe that show's not sold out. So they'll see the energy of the crowd one night from a video and they'll go, oh my God, I've got to go see blah, blah, blah. Sure. So maybe you'll sell more tickets. But then they also show the, the idyllic sense of that band. Yeah. After the, so like you're on tour, let's say you're on tour for a month, right? The first week, people following the socials, they'll show them the live gigs. And then once they're in there, once they've figured out, once the social people have figured out... Um, the dynamic of the band, the dynamic of the crew maybe sometimes. Um, they know what footage they can get, what's interesting and what to post at the same time. Right. So then, you know, they'll pick the moments of like when they sound check. Maybe maybe week two sound check will show you sound check stuff so you can get excited and the fans can like fangirl over, fanboy over what's going on with this. And you are showing the idyllic sense, you're showing the idyllic perception of what it's like to be on tour. Mm-hmm. What they don't see is that, you know, as soon as the show finished, you do not go speak to Mr. X after the show because he does not like to be speak to after the show. Mm-hmm. He he has this room on his own. He'll go on the bus on his own or she'll, she'll do this. Or he, like a, a big thing, a big thing with a lot of ladies on tour is they, they're, they're getting dressed in the morning. It's way bigger than ours getting dressed in the morning. They might have more things to do. Maybe they like to put on makeup. Some touring people don't like to put on makeup, but some do. So they get up earlier to get in there and make themselves look presentable because they feel like a fresh face is the best thing for them to see in the morning. Sure, yeah. You know, so there's the perception yeah. of all of all that in music. There's a lot going on with music. Um, and there's also the perception of like, oh, it must be wicked to live on a tour bus. You just fall to sleep and wake up in a city. You do. Like, in inherent, like, inherently you do. That's, that's what it is. That's the beauty of a tour bus, yeah. yeah. But like, if you're in America... Driving into New York is the bumpiest roads in the world, right? right? But besides, like you know, Eastern Europe, it's it's rough, mate. You yeah. know when you go into New York because and you bunk, you're jumping out your bunks, like you don't really get a good night's sleep before yeah, a New yeah. York show, you know. Um, and it's just it's all mental. And then there's this whole thing of being like, like for instance, one band I worked for, we did Download Festival, and then the next day we did um, I can't remember what the festival was called. It's in Switzerland. 
And we literally finished download and it was like, throw things in the fucking truck, get on the bus, drive down. Next minute, we're at the airport at three in the morning, trying to get on a flight at six in the morning. Mm -hmm. We've got to check in 30 pieces of equipment plus, you know, 15 pieces of personal baggage. Bang, get over there, land in a taxi, bang, at the next show. Where was yesterday? You had download. Oh, that that must have been cool. (sighs) I'm knackered. Oh, like it's it's all it's, it's all swings and you know troughs of of the job though. I, I, yeah. I remember you telling me about when you was working with the Tate that tribute and you mm. uh, you were just riding a van, weren't you, for a little while? And <laughs> yeah, there's there's no frills with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the venues you were playing with them were they quite big venues or pub venues or, or what? It's was all it? it's all like uh, functions. Right. Okay. So they're all, they were all function rooms. Yeah. We did yeah. like the old casino. Yeah. Did a bit a few bingo halls. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Oh mate, Bing, bingo halls were mental. I never realised how <laughs> mental bingo halls are. <laughs> you cannot make noise when the numbers are being drawn. Oh what? And like I remember going to like it was like a mecca or something like that, and. Um, <laughs> we set up we set up during the day and then they were like right you got to show up now it's been drawn and the bingo got drawn and everyone's like deadly deadly quiet deadly quiet and you, we weren't allowed to make a noise and then as soon as like that round of bingo finished everyone would stand up we would have like another 10 minutes to like start finish building the set or sound check they would go over to the bandits the fruities and start pumping money into the fruities until the bell went next round and then he'd go hustle back to the seats and sit down and start playing bingo again shut that's the fuck, shut mental the and I was like wow gambling man wow Whoa, I never yeah. never knew it was like that mm. yeah I wonder what perception is there I wonder how much they won that's it there's a perception there's a generalised perception yeah, for you gambling yeah, yeah. well you Scott always wins loads of money on bandits but <laughs> fucking put money in on her. you fucking pump money into yeah, them pump- yeah, I used to. Have a bit of, I have to talk myself out of it. I've never seen anyone like it. You fucking good handful of fucking quid straight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was to the point where I would literally. Um, it's like three pound a time in a bandit. But anyway, we don't need to talk about gambling. Um, it was just a thing. It's just a thing. But yeah, it's um, take that, take that, take take that. Take that. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about take that. Oh, yeah. I was, I was just... Oh, sorry. Sorry, fucking Ed went then. Uh, yeah, it was just... I, I was just wondering because cause they were on stage and I'm like, are they giving the impression, the perception that they are... <laughs> they are take that. <laughs> yeah. They, they're giving that whole perception that they're on this big fucking mega bus, you know, when... Uh, when what, they, take take that? No, I mean, the take that... that you, you, you talked about a tribute. The tribute, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're in a mecca, yeah, you're probably not going to be. I'm not sure what your question is. I think you've kind of rifled off and you've you lost yourself. I, I did lose myself because you kept saying take that scar. <laughs> but never mind, never mind. So, so with your job right now, um, the the job that you is fucking fritty bastard. Yeah, he's so flitty. Anyway, go on. It's because I just got got. Uh, I got got. <laughs> Come on, you dickhead! Totally got fucking put off by those phones buzzing, Scott. Anyway, let's regroup. As a job, my job. Yes, cool. your, your job. Right. So, what I wanted to talk to you about was you as well. Like yeah. with it, within the tour, and you are getting fucking on. Set. What's the longest tour you've ever done, nonstop? Um, what a single tour by itself. Yeah. Um, <sighs> six weeks, eight weeks. Something like that, a, sing- yeah. a single tour, but we just chain them all together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you'll go do UK, Europe, and then you'll fly over to America and continue America. Okay. There was a year when I had, uh, like, if you put all the dates together, I had just over three weeks off in the year. Wow. Um, but, like, that's just, like, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, if I group all the days off that are in the tour as well, yeah. it would equal to a lot more because the shows were like two on, one off, two on, one off, yeah, you know, yeah. three on, two off, yeah. one on, two off. It was, it's always different, you know. Are you, um, um, well, the, the big question is when, when you, when I first started touring and doing all these DIY bands and doing all like the kind of, uh, grassroots venues, um, was like, how many days did you work consecutively? That was a stinker. Yeah. When you do a show and you're like 14 in a row and you've got to do 14 shows in a row, obviously day after day, so it's two weeks solid in a row. They're, they were the difficult ones. And the perception of that, like I see what you where you're getting at, is like if you were to 
say, oh, it must be amazing to be on tour. You know, by the day 14 of that 14 in a row, you are, you're not, you're not tired. You're not, you're not shagged. You've, mm-hmm. You're dead. Yeah. Like you're dead inside. There's this, it's like, we've said it, said it before. It's like being a dad, I suppose, where um, you're in this constant state of being tired all the time, constant grogginess, constant like on the edge of flipping out, but managed to maintain it. <laughs> trying to catch sleep where you can yeah do you know what i mean like yeah you, you, you know that's where when someone says it must be amazing to be on tour you're like i've just done 14 in a row yeah i'm still wearing the same clothes yeah you know because uh, we're in a van you know and, and those sorts those sort of tours but you're in a van so you're allowed one suitcase obviously and if you bring the ego case you bring the big case everyone's you're gonna get fucking joshed for it for fucking six weeks or however long yeah. the tour is look at him princess case here oh, what have you got God. in here how many pairs of shoes have you got oh, fucking hell. you know or whatever so you know and it's like the old saying one of the old sayings that makes me laugh is uh, you know so you own pairs of jeans do you wash your jeans yeah of course I do right so most people don't wash jeans right the jeans don't need washing well they do they get dirty well it depends <laughs> but if you if you spill curry sauce down them right they're going to get washed right but in general like you're not supposed to wash your jeans oh, yeah, because I, I, the integrity of the jeans gets lost sh- sure yeah but with Levi's they said uh, lowest temperature well uh, I, I wash my uh, jeans inside out as well. I wash my Levi's I wash yeah. all my jeans right yeah. but on tour like you don't want to wash you can't wash especially on like a grassroots tour you can't really wash there's no you, you, your day of laundromat is like cool but yeah. sometimes there ain't no fucking laundromat mate. yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. yeah. go on yeah, no, so I, I was getting to the point of, um, like, for me as a chef, you can judge a person's mood when they come in. Yeah. And what I was getting to was, is there somebody on tour that's like, when you're 14 days in watching you, and they're trying to gather as to how on board mentally you are with that tour and whether you have to give a different perception of how actually energetic you have. Uh uh, as opposed to, so just being like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, life, it's, right? it's a dis- that that blends into discipline again. Yeah, is that you have to give that perception when you walk in there that you are ready to go for work, and you have to be you have to be mentally ready to go. Mm-hmm. So personally, I think I've spoken about it before is I, I like to get up and go and shower. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, because it just kind of sets my head straight and it gives me that space in the morning when no one's been in there and I'm figuring out my day. I look at the stage, I go do this, but I also don't like to greet people when I've not brushed my teeth, when I've not had, yeah. a, sh- had a shower, you know, because yeah. um, it doesn't give the best perception of what I want for the day. If you clean, you smell good. I think it gives me a little bit of a boost in their thing. Um, but then it looks like you're ready to go. You might be stressing your dick off in an hour's time. Mm-hmm. Going, your power's awful, yeah, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. what are your speakers doing? Yeah, or whatever. You don't really know. Um, Have you worked with any bands that you know you you've been close to them? You uh, you've you've just got on with it, and then later on you found out that X has had a serious drug problem, and none of you has ever really realised it. And I only asked this because I, I, I watched the McFly documentary in it. Uh, they found out about Dougie having a drug addiction to whatever. Yeah. Um, and all along, they just didn't really have much of a clue. Um, have you have you been with a band like that? Not or? not to the extreme of like um uh, like dark drug abuse, right. like um doing brown, doing heroin and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. Like not nothing to that extent. Um, it's all pretty apparent. You're, all, you're like as soon as that bus door closes, like if there's something going on. You'll typically know about it. Uh, the, the, the more, the more what you don't know is what their personal life's like. Because um, I try not to get too over personal with people. There's sure. obviously some people that I do because they're they're the same, and then there's some people that I, tr- I tend not to. I try not to get as matey as I used to with bands anymore. Yeah, um, I obviously still care for them. I still care for those people. If they have a bad day, I would try and cheer them up. That's just my nature. So my, I can't, I can't remove my nature. I don't like to remove my nature too much. Yeah, I like to remove it enough, but not like drastically. Um, but man, everything's apparent on the road. Like you know, if someone's cheating on someone, you know, if someone's doing this, you know, if someone's doing that. Like it, it's just, you know, it's there's that saying that there, what happens on tour stays on tour. You know, like to a degree, yeah, it does. It does. What happens on tour does stay on tour, but like. It's also not your place to to start messaging, you know, a band member's like 
significant other. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. saying that. Yeah. Whereas if they turn out, you know, if you're if you're if you're chumming with someone and you sat down and say, "Listen, stop being such a fucking dick." Like she's a really nice. Girl. But again, it's not it's not your place yeah, to be doing stuff like that. Of course, of it's course. not your place, and it's not your place to 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 try and be. Um, a therapist for people either like mm-hmm. you can sit down and help people through I have dark days on tour and I know people who are tour with have dark days on tour mm-hmm. and we sit down and we talk to each other sometimes but it's just a, it's an odd space because you're together all the time but you're so still so distant you know it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an odd thing the perception is that you're always busy and you are I mean the, the job you know my job like we've talked about in the past you know my day can start at let's just say nine ten o'clock and it don't finish till one two in the morning but there's you know there's gaps there of hours that we don't do anything there's yeah, gaps like yeah. my my whole nature of everything now is if i go see a new city i try and see a new city in in an hour two hours wow you know and even if we go away as a couple um like personally you know anywhere in the world anywhere in the country it's the same mentality for me i'll go and like right let's go check this out check that out bang 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 bang, bang. and i'll try and enjoy the culture instantly the rather than be like absorbed myself in it as much. Mm. It's a strange one, man. It's just, it's just, it's a strange job. Everyone thinks it's an amazing job and it is an amazing, an amazing job. Yeah. There's a lot that comes with it, but I think there's a lot that comes with every job. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot that comes with every job. The perception is that it is incredible 24 seven. Yeah. And I think if that's your mindset towards things, I don't think you're realistic in life yeah. to think that it's all it's all glamour. The, I think the beauty of like your job is you still get those two lives. You get your work life sure. and you get your home life. Yeah, and you you, sh- you know you can switch off at the door. Whereas my job is twenty four seven when I'm on tour, and then when I'm not on tour, I can switch it to back to home life. But there's a pe- there's like there's there's them that little bit of a weird period where I have either work booked in ready to go so I'll go alright well I've got three weeks at home and I'm going away mm-hmm. and then there's times when I come home and go I ain't got no work for months yeah, now yeah. so then you're searching for work so you don't just shut off the work do you know what I mean yeah well that's an interesting perception mm. in, in, in that because that's quite wrong though you shut off at the door in my job as well it's it's quite hard um, but yeah. before we go on to me I just got what, what I want to talk to you about getting a job in your industry and uh, uh, I just we don't need to touch on this. It just popped into my head that um, the perception of what we talked about in the past about the toilets in Italy. Uh, we don't need to go into that. It just popped into my head. But um, we've talked about it briefly before, not on the podcast. But getting a job in your industry is quite highly on about perception, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's um, it's not done like the same way everybody else is. So we um we just don't typically have CVs and resumes and all that kind of stuff. We don't really do that. Yeah. We, um, we have a lot of like knowing people recommendations is kind of how we do it. We have a network, we have a community that we kind of rely upon solely. And that's the only way that we can kind of get work. You have to build a network. So for instance, if I want, if I've not got a job, I will constantly go to gigs in Manchester and see people who are now, Mm-hmm. and just pop my head in and say yeah. hello because you don't know who else is on that tour and who else might do this you could be sat there just having a chat about Greg's in the in the production office or in the dressing room and then such a boy walks in and goes oh this is Scott Scott does front of house or Scott does monitors or Scott does tour management or Scott does and then they're like oh dear alright nice to meet you I do blah 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 yeah yeah and all of a sudden you might strike up a conversation depending on how you're doing depends on the mindset of the person who's on tour as well because sure. you also don't you know you've already met the new the new crew inside the venue yeah. don't really want to be meeting new people but you know again you've got to have a face on all the time um, and it's important when you go into production office to do that Yeah. so uh, my, getting a job in my industry is is all about face it's all about perception uh, we don't have a CV I recently did make a CV for a different job where I was putting in uh, and I'm always realistic with my CVs should I write a CV I would never like we have a lot of a lot of different things up in our industry um, I work for five seconds a summer, right? Now I could just say that as as it is. I could say, "Oh, you done front of house for five seconds a summer," and I go, like, "Yeah, I do." You don't know the context of which I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, the context is is that it was a it was a friend of mine's job, and he was unable to do the tour, so I did what's called I depth. He depth the job to me. Yeah. So I was his depth. So when I'm there, I'm representing that guy doing that job for him, 
And when that job finishes, that's it. I have no connection with those people okay. in that in the context of that job because mm-hmm. that was not my job to have. I was just there covering for a friend. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it should be. Um, you know, further down the line, you might meet. You know, something else. Something else might happen here. Something else might happen there. But the perception is that. So, if you was to write a CV and write, "I've worked for Avril Lavigne. I've worked for Five Seconds of Summer. I've worked for these One Direction. Blah blah blah. This and that. All these hype bands or whatever." Mm-hmm. What you might not know is that, well, you actually only handed a guitar to Avril Lavigne. That was not your job. Your job was to be a merchandiser. But one day, you know, the guitar change was a bit strange. You know, this is a good one. So, for instance, Katy Perry on a tour did a, a fast costume change and a fast zip through the stage where, you know, when in like arena tours, they might have an, an A stage and a B stage. Mm-hmm. A B stage being in like the middle of the arena. Um, Katy Perry did a quick change underneath the stage and right. then zipped along a, like a roller coaster underneath the stage and wow. popped up in the middle Fucking hell. and she did that in like I don't know five seconds ten seconds wow it was like disappeared and then popped up and everyone's like oh my god like you might have been doing merch right you might have been merchandising manager but they need another pair of hands that they trusted yeah. listen you need to be the one to pull this pulley you need to pull this pulley so did they put on that CV there you know set designer or do they put um, you know set carp for Katy Perry yeah, yeah. Some people do. Wow. Some people do. And some people bullshit their way to a job in it all. There's the perception of that. You do your job to the best of your ability. And that's the way that I play the game. Mm-hmm. That I designate what my job is, which is an engineer, a sound engineer, be it a front house engineer, be it a monitor engineer. I can say I've done tour management, but I won't lie to you. I won't be like, I am an amazing tour manager. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you that I've done tour management. And I can look after certain things. But then again, I won't double up. I won't be a tour manager slash front of house engineer for an artist anymore. I just won't do it because I feel one job suffers. Um, but there's, there's a lot of people in the industry where they say, oh, he's worked with, or she's worked with, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, wow, look at your CV. This is why we don't do a CV. Yeah. Because you can just fucking bullshit. Sure. You know what I mean? I passed a guitar to Avril Lavigne or, what, or, or whatever. So we don't, we, we don't do it because we can call bullshit on it. So what would happen is, especially with the, the days of Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> when you go to go to their page, it'll say mutuals. And I could be like, oh, you know Matthew Nutter? How do you know Nutter? Oh, yeah, he did a job for me. How was he? Yeah, really good, actually. He's a really good chef. And you go, right, sick. There's your recommendation instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to be very careful, like, getting your name tarnished in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he a hard worker? Yeah. And if people are asking the right questions, if someone says, is he a good sound engineer? You know, that's that's like you don't know yeah. like that's I guess an opinion based poll isn't it um, but then you can say like well he's actually really good on tour he's actually really you know um, particular about how he does things and this and that and you know he's, he's always on time he's, he's, he's always well dressed he's always clean and these things do matter mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so there's the perception of a CV and this perception of uh, of actually being realistic and not bullshitting on that C- on that CV as such yeah it's it's funny like within your industry like or within anybody's industry you can be excellent at one specific part of that job set be it sound engineering you've got excellent ears you can hear um certain things and you can you know you you're really on time with whatever you need to do within that soundboard but if you're addressing as a motherfucker, you're stinking, you don't have a shower, that can kill the perception of your uh, livelihood, can't you? You also ask the question, I mean, again, it goes back to the same thing, you ask the question, you are right. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people do it on tour, some people don't. And in my job, it's very it's very quick, you can get fired very quickly. You don't have the sustainability of a of a, of a union behind you. Yeah. It's just it's you and yourself. There's, the perception of my job is, like, like I say... People look through it with rose-tinted glasses. Uh, the perception is it's a, it's a graft. It's a hard, hard, hard graft mm-hmm. constantly. But the pros are I get to see the world. I meet meet new people. And the biggest thing I've missed, mate, through through this last year is meeting people. Yeah, I meet so many people and I love that. I love knowing people from around the world and just being like, I can call you a friend or I can call you a mate or I can call you an acquaintance. And if I come to your city, I can we can meet up, we can have a drink. The people in America, you know, who've lived in the UK and moved to America, you know, like going to Denver, there's like one guy who's doing merch for Yumi at Six who lives there. You know, there's the production manager for Black Bear lives there now. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can go and be like, oh boy, should we go for a beer? And you have that one night of like, 
yeah, I'll take you to this sweet spot. And that's how I experience cities. Yeah. Is I experience it by going to a bag where I go into a restaurant or they'll go, mate, you love trainers, don't you? Yeah, sick, mate. I know this great sneaker store. Go to the sneaker store. And then you find things that you as a tourist wouldn't find. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And that to me is like the massive pro of mm. my job is that I can then, I can both tick it off a bucket list to say I've been to that country, but I can also do other things. And that's the pro but there's a lot of graft in it all. Yeah. 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 Mate, the, jo- the job's mental. Like, the job's mental. Like, and just tying it back to the band very quickly was something that we didn't touch on when you were kind of touching on it with that, is uh, one interesting thing about bands, which people sh- should know if you really do think about it, is they'll go, oh, you work for blah, blah, blah. They're massive. They're massive. And you yeah. go, yeah, yeah, they're playing the O2 in, uh, in London. But in, in America, they're playing a dive bar. Mm-hmm. In Spain, they, they do... 20 tickets yeah you know but then in Japan they do 5 million tickets yeah yeah and you're like yeah. what and you're like yeah, yeah. because this, they create hype everywhere if a band's got hype around the world um, that's crazy that you're a superstar pretty much if you've got that much hype around the world you can have little bits of hype but if you can sustain it with uh, following fans then that's that's the big one but yeah music industry 101 yeah what what the fuck man it's yeah. it's 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 good though. It is. It is interesting. I think my job's super interesting, but I also think there's a there's a twin with like your job and how how interesting your job is. Mm. And I think, I think for us, I think we can all relate to your job a lot more with perception in mind, with it all. Um, so we'll start easy with your job. I think we'll start something easy. So the the biggest thing with food and perception is let's just walk into McDonald's. Mm-hmm. They've got the new burger out. Yeah. You know, it's called the McDouble fucking fanny flaps, whatever. It looks like, awesome. And you look at the picture yeah. and you're like, whoa, look oh, at that. I'm and you know that that burger, when it comes to you, ain't going to look the same as it looks on that picture. But you you can taste the picture. Yeah, you can. You, you can taste you, those you, fanny flaps. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see the ketchup, you see yeah. the mustard. That's already in your mouth now. You see the onions and you make that perception. There's sesame seeds on it. There's going to be toasted sesame seeds, right? Banging, fucking going to have this... You know, and you can you can also trick uh, the senses, can't you? In in a lot of ways, so the perception of foods like <laughs> a lot of the time bullshit in it. There's a lot of bullshit with food, like the pit, especially the picture aspect yes. of it, isn't there? Yes, we've had this discussion before. Yeah, this is Instagram kills me when it comes to um, pictures. So so for that for that for for McDonald's. I, I had a conversation the other day with my sous chef and she was saying, I really fucking want a dirty burger this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go to McDonald's. Sorry, this was Christmas holidays. I'm going to go to McDonald's. I'm going to have that milkshake. I'm going to have those fries. I'm going to have that burger. And I'm like, Vic, when was the last time you had... Um, go my, five guys, Vic. What are you playing at? This is my, that was my reaction, yeah. I was like, when, when was the last time you went? And I was like, oh, I don't know, when I was a kid. Um, and I'm like, well... You're imagining yeah. the perception of this amazing American style burger, this creamy milkshake and those fries. That's that, the first time I ever had five guys. I was like, oh my God, that is that sunken thought from being a kid of what McDonald's was yeah. to you as a child. But the reality of no is five guys is that McDonald's definitely isn't. No. And um, yeah, perception of food is huge uh, at. In a fine dine concept, you... Well, hold on. Before you move on to the fine dine concept, let's talk about the burger joints. Right. So, you know, what you don't see in the picture is that the food's cold, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, always. And the food's mostly a substitute. There's like a great thing that I saw on Facebook where they're like, they pour, you know, uh, gasoline or like oil over as the gravy. Right. Because it looks the same and it's got the texture and of how that drips down. What you don't see is there's a big cocktail fork through there so how many times have you designed food and then had to really cook and like make it work for a picture oh so many times like recently we've been doing salads and underneath the salad uh i put so so it's a salad bowl Mm. loads of tissue at the bottom right cling film over that yeah and then I put the salad on top partly it stops the wastage of the salad and totally lifts 
the salad. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blowing. And, uh, and then, yeah, I've used beer thickened with corn flour for gravy for a photograph before. Banging, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It don't, it don't, why we still got this uh, out of date pesto in the cupboard here, what you made? Because it's for pictures. Yeah. Because it, pesto does not, you know, mold goes black and green. And pesto's already black and green, <laughs> so it doesn't matter, does it? Oh, Don't yeah. No wastage there, is there? You, you, you get a barbecue rib, just paste it with uh, some good old ketchup, and my God, yeah. the glean, amazing. Yeah. yeah, exactly, this is what I'm saying, though. there's yeah. the perception of, uh, of how that food is, and yeah. then when you look at that, that rib and you go, oh my God, that looks so moist oh. and succulent. And you, your mouth literally drips, doesn't it? It's like yeah. amazing. Well, it's, 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 it's now. fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the perception of food's incredible. Yeah. Um, one big thing that you, that you did, and we've talked about it before, and we did a blog about it a while ago, mm. um, is the aubergine steak. And mm-hmm. uh, this was a big thing, big, big thing for you, which we have talked about. I can't remember which episode it's in. It's, it's in season one somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and how you make a steak taste like an aubergine. Mm-hmm. Oh, you make an aubergine taste like a steak, but you make it look like it as well. You yeah. know, for your pictures, that was a massive thing. Now, I'm fully aware that when I cut into that aubergine, it ain't going to taste like a steak. Sure, yeah. You know, but there's the perception of like, that's what it's going to be. So you're already by put, using that word steak. Yeah. I make it taste like a steak. Yeah. You can taste the steak in your mouth now already. You know, if I tell you that this dish is time in it, you're probably looking for time. Yeah. A chef like you would not be a chef like you would be like, you kidding. That's rosemary. Yes. So I, that's how I worked my food um, for a long time with the whole memory of perception of memory. So, the steak, loads of black pepper, thyme, rosemary, um, yeah. garlic oil or whatever, char grilled, but it's the pepper for me. It was always the pepper, the smell, the the instant bite of the pepper on anything gives you that peppered steak feel for me in my memory. Yeah. And it worked so many times with people in the restaurant as well that um, I had custard made out of sweet potato, but it was the vanilla, infused with vanilla. Right. You taste vanilla. Right. So people are like, of course, it's fucking crazy. Mm. You're using sweet potato. So it's just all... Uh, and then you're giving the word sweet potato custard. Yeah, so you're exactly, expecting yeah. custard. Yeah. The only thing that didn't work too much um, was people who were big on cheese. They'd come for the cheese board. They'd see the cheese. It would literally be a camembert, uh, you know, nut, yeah, with yeah. cashew nuts fermented and um, it grows the same mould. But then when you eat it, it doesn't have that pungent camembert taste. Yeah. So the mind trick doesn't quite work, but yeah. they're still impressed because you've got nuts turned into It'll, cheese, you know. I've, I, I mean, I've personally got a big issue with saying it's a chicken burger and it, it's not a fucking chicken burger. The word burger, it's all right. Mm-hmm. So, soy burger, seitan burger. I'm like, yeah. cool, burger, burger, burger's fine. Yeah. If you start calling it, you know, something that it's not. It says chicken, but no E, uh, chicken. Chicken, it, chicken, that's, what, that's what they said, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have a bit, I have a big issue with it. I don't think you should make food look like that Yeah. Uh, for vegans because part of the vegan culture is, you know, I'm against animal cruelty. So, yeah, yeah. So it depends, it depends, it depends what your philosophy is on sure. it anyway, do you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. Um, so being a chef, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, I don't think it's even a perception. I think it's a known trait that it is one of the most stressful jobs in the world and one of the most agi- ag- easily agitated jobs in the world. <laughs> we've all seen Gordon Ramsay shout. We know yeah. he's a shouty person. Yeah. We know, we know we've watched the Hell's Kitchen nightmares and all that kind of stuff, whatever they are. And uh, seeing chefs lose it and, and this and that. And what's the perception of like, for you, what, what was, what's the perception of like how people should be in the kitchen? So it's changing now. It seems like it's changing. Mm. And older chefs that used to be shouty are now starting to promote a much calmer atmosphere in the kitchen. Yeah. And a lot of younger chefs have this perception of a kitchen being where you have to stand out, you have to... Um, use bullying techniques sometimes a lot of the time Mm. and then those people with those bullying techniques get shot down fucking fast so they stop that bullshit or at least they do in my in my kitchen as well yeah um and particularly i I have a lot of people that always say to me i wish i had a boyfriend who was a chef 
Yeah. I'm like, you don't. Every time you don't. This perception that we're going to come home and cook for you this is, is great, yeah. It's not real. Like You've been cooking all day. The last thing you want to be doing is yeah. cooking. For, for me, actually, that that is literally like, the first thing I do when I walk in is walk to the stove and don't stop cooking. Yeah. So so I'm a different player, but for yeah. most, yeah. the last thing you're going to get is a no, nice romantic meal. Well, you, what's you, what's funny is I've been at your house. Yeah. You know, obviously, you've got two kids. Yeah. You know, you've got a missus. You've got, you got so many animals. Uh, so many animals <laughs> um, like and the way you make food is like it's so quick as well yeah. like what do you want for tea salmon and you're like oh you're plating up the salmon and you're literally instead of plating it nice it doesn't matter because the food will taste the same yeah. you still take the same amount of care but you'll be like plonk 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 there you go there's your rice and <laughs> salmon lemon and and whatever there you just just eat it and then yeah. you just put it in your mouth sure because there's a, I think for you there's the perception of like oh you can cook these nice romantic meals and you're like I do I do cook nice meals at home but there ain't no candles yeah. there ain't no fucking plates most of the time I yeah. think I think I've seen you eat eat a steak off like a spatula before or something <laughs> do you know what I mean oh there's a great story of one of my mates actually we went we were living in uh, Menorca together and it got to the point where we couldn't be asked wash it up anymore and I, I, I walked in once and he was <laughs> He was he was eating he was eating an omelette oh. off the off the off the spatula. Oh, he just literally got it and he started putting it in his mouth and it, it, I think it was like the last couple of eggs and it fell off. Oh no! Oh mate, he sliced the wall up with the spatula. I went over to the spatula the next day. The reason I knew about this, in fact, I didn't see him. Um, the next day, I, picked, I went to to the drawer. I got the spatula. I was like, "Why the fuck's this spatula all bent out of shape? Yo, why is the spatula bent out of shape, bro?" He's like, "Oh, mate." It fell off the other day. I was eating it. So was you eating it off the fucking spatula again? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it fell off and uh, oh. fucking, I went, so I went septic on it. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, there's the perception of like, you're going to get a candlelit meal. Now, yeah. like I say, the, the calibre of food could still be the same, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to be serving it in fine dining. Like. Yeah, well, the, the problem is the calibre of food is exactly the same, yeah. but there's also the washing up that I've got to deal with afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And that's not fucking fun, is it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I will eat a meal off a chopping board to save a plate if I have to, uh, and I'll use my hands to save a fork. Well, this is—I think this is another thing in in a kitchen—is is how much cutlery and how much uh, pots and pans do you go through? Yeah, yeah. So actually, so so I was listening to a chef podcast the other day, and you were cheating on the podcast, were you? I I just you only listen yeah. to this one, right? <laughs> yeah. Only you only listen to your own it voice. Was a chef podcast about me, yeah. Um, they were, I, I don't know why I'd never clicked. So my restaurants, we, we were doing 10 course, £55 because, you know, that's that was the profit I needed to make. Um, a lot of people said we could have been charging £100 for these menus, but we didn't need to. And I looked at a place recently, there's a place I really want to eat, it's £180 for a 10 course taster menu. I really want to go, looks amazing. Um, now you go to Le Gavroche in London, maybe two fifty, two three hundred for that that mm. ten course menu. Mm. And I forgot about all this because I'm not in business right now uh, with my restaurant. And it because in a Michelin star restaurant you might have twenty guests yeah. and twenty waiters, and then twenty uh, kitchen yeah, yeah. staff. Yeah, that's a lot of wages. So you're paying three hundred pound for a meal the average person would normally just say £300 for a fucking meal. Well, yeah. But then you've got... Because you're thinking only about the food, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And although the food might be costly, you've got the bloody... Uh, all the napkins. Oh, yeah, there's and the cost of... As you cost, were saying... Cost of a business, that. The amount of goddamn... Uh, for a 10-cost taste menu, the amount of na- uh, uh, fucking cutlery you've got to go through. Yeah. And the, the staff that's got to do all this, yeah. And, and in a restaurant business, you really have a one-sided perception. Now, McDonald's, I don't know, they fucking charge 99p for a burger. I mean, it's disgusting. And God knows what's going on in the production well, it's units. it's volume, isn't it? It's, it's volume, it's, that's what it is. Yeah, vo- yeah, 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 but it's disgusting, I mean. Mm. But yeah, yeah, so um, it's just it's just funny. The perception of restaurant business is definitely, why the fuck am I paying this? And then when you break it down, you understand that profit is so low. When you're at work, and you're making something, mm-hmm. and you use four pans, right? When you go home, would you try and use less pans? Always, yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> usually work. Uh, you end up in that mindset, oh, just fucking do it properly. So you've got to use four pans. Yeah. Uh, but as I'm making it, I've got to wash it as well. 
It's just frustrating. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. you know, instead of going like, give me another pan, you'd just be like, fuck this, just go in the same pan. This yeah. so it's all the same flavors. It's all going together. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, no. Like the other day, we were boiling potatoes. Uh, they had two minutes left, so I chucked the broccoli straight in with them. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah little tricks like that. Mad. Yeah. Mad. It's cool though, isn't it? Like the perception of it all. Um, like no one really knows what happens behind that swinging door in, into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I so cer- I certainly don't. I can. I like these kitchen. These kitchens make me laugh where you can see through to them. Yeah. Like that's got to be a completely different kitchen than when there's a shut door. Hundred fucking percent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Got to watch your p's and q's a little bit, and there's the line, yeah. and it's sort of be this and that, and it's like. But you're probably still not seeing. You're only seeing like the serving plate, aren't you? You're not seeing like the chefs behind it yeah 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 some you know some chefs take two jackets in so we've got a jacket for um prepping and then a ja- jacket for wearing in front of people you know yeah um and there's there's a different perception behind the success of it as well and um you know that chef may have a michelin star mm. and you think wow you're doing so well but inside yeah, yeah. they're crumbling because well this is another thing isn't it is that you know you Here's your accolade of being a chef is you have a Michelin star, you have rosettes, mm. you know, how much grief they must get yeah. and how much time and effort they must put in. I mean, the hours of being, you know yourself, you own a restaurant. How many hours were you, were you at the restaurant? Um, maybe 60. Some of you were there 24. Yeah, yeah, literally. I, as you know, I slept over many a time. Yeah, yeah. You, you were there 24. Yeah. Um, just in order to get things done, you know, you need to start prep at this time, otherwise mm. it's just not going to be ready. Um, the amount of hours that you can put in that can turn into a 24-7 job. Yeah. And then the cracks start to show and everything like that. But then the accolade might come and you mm. go, all right, now it's all right. Yeah. Because now you might be able to charge more. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, you know, when you started uh, the allotment in Stockport, it was IKEA furniture. Yeah, you know, and you kept the cost down. Mm-hmm. But you, but your your food was like, you know, what was your? How much was your your taster menus? Uh, Fifty five for ten ten course or uh, I can't remember. It was like eighty quid or something like that at some point, wasn't it? Uh, what you mean? How much we went up to? Yeah. Oh, we went up to sixty quid for ten courses, but then you got a wine flight on top. So yeah, like right. eighty five. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. yeah. So you know, but the perception is, you know, if if you was to change that furniture, then your prices would go up anyway. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? Like I, I see it a lot now. I see the fakery that's around, and I see it as you know that put that hostess that meets you when you mm. walk in the front of house staff that meet you to when you sit down at the table, mm. and it's the consistency through all that. You know, you don't know what madness is going on in the back. You don't know how people are living in the back and how much people are being paid either, which is a mad thing. Well, it's it like you said before we got on to the full conversation. You you said, uh, you know, in your job you get to uh, go home and you switch off. Mm. Um, but with people that are obsessed with the jobs and especially when you own the own business, there's no switching off. No. That's what I find very difficult. Um, back to what I said right at the beginning about learning to like can you handle your own success i couldn't at that point i looking yeah. back realizing i couldn't handle my success at that point i wasn't mature enough or there was so much going on um but the idea of switching off even now i struggle with it i get home and i've, I've learned a lot better to take the hat off and walk in and be with my family but yeah uh this past week uh, i've been a little bit stressed and my mind automatically goes to open in a restaurant yeah uh, and strange because that's the most stressful thing I've ever done. But what, what you need is a fucking thing to put on the back of your fucking car. Do you just do a butty van, lad? Yeah. That's what you need. You need a butty van. Nah. You do. Nah. You, do you need a butty van that can just pull up somewhere and then you can make a mad dish. So if you're going like, I'm not doing butties this week, I'm doing fucking Mexican. Yeah. You can just do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, what, you said. Pop, that's what pop-ups were, wasn't it, for you? Yeah. Well? Yeah, yeah. I thought about all that. Um, <laughs> then the perception of that is uh, one in its own having a van and then <laughs> getting people for come to it, man. Yeah. That's well, this it. is the point though, isn't it? Is that, yeah. you know, with, with, at least with, um, it's not as hectic as a restaurant. You just literally just drop by. Why? Sure. It's busy here, isn't it? You know, you've been for a walk somewhere. Well, it's busy. It's busy in Rivy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Imagine if there was a butty van yeah. here. Boom. Yeah. 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 Then you've got to get all the lights in to be there as well, which is nah, mate. different. Nah, mate. It's got wheels. Very it's true. Fucking... Very true. Lad. Someone yeah. comes over. Do one. Yeah. Yeah. Scatter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. it's it's in like the the job as a chef though is is I would say one of the biggest perceptions and it, I think well 
being an influencer is, I think, is a perception. Oh, man. That word influence oh, is a perception. So grim. Uh, yeah. And there is there is a nature for them to be in our industry to help promote. And that's that's their job. You know, it, it's a promotions industry mm-hmm. for, for being an influencer. It's not about um, just just being out there to get free shit. It's that, it's that they're there to promote stuff for you. And as long as they've got a, a legitimate following, that can actually help. You can actually get a few sales from it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because even like, you know, for you having that influencer um, buy your food yeah, is super important, you know, to tweet about it, to to Instagram it, to, to, to do whatever with it is super, super important. You don't particularly want to give it away for free because you never know what it's worth. But then sometimes you can look at your profit and go, we can afford to give this away for free. Sure. The perception in my work with an influencer is if influencers come to the show and start tweeting and start you know, videoing and seeing this band and this and that and seeing how mentally it was that they met the band, you know, then they could they could turn up. Not in my it's not my job, but my job is to facilitate the band. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the biggest perception of them all is um is that we we all need each other in order to create the perception in our own lives. Mm. Be it money from if you've been poor and you're rich or whatever, you know, being wealth, adding that perception, be it stock pictures of food adding that perception being a uh, a camera person a, a photographer on tour adding that perception to the band is massively massively important what do you think about giving yourself the perception that you're doing all right so for instance what you- a, a nod to yourself i think that's i think that's very important i think it's uh yeah. it's very important for your own mind yeah. to, to tell yourself like today's gonna be a good day yeah. uh Doing your, uh, having a shower, properly dressing yourself, even if you feel shit. Uh, perceiving you're going to make the best possible dish you can. Perceiving yeah. that the sound in this venue is going to be immaculate today. Yeah. And it's the perception that, you know, you can see a speaker and go, oh yeah, all right, I'll look at the roof, all right, the acoustics are going to be good in here. But for me, like, you can talk yourself up to it. I'm a practical person and mm-hmm. I like to put it all into, into, into context and yeah. being like, into practice and being like right bang put that into practice and then see where we get out of it and naturally just let things occur i just i just naturally let things sure, occur. Yeah, yeah. And i think that's that's the big thing for me so if you're going to take anything away from this episode out I, I would say like be happy in your own life man take the wins from where you're at yeah man take the wins from where you're at so like, i'm trying to take a leaf out of your book in the terms of not planning i'm finding it very difficult because you don't plan, do you? You you, you don't can't. like to have goals. You you like to just yeah. roll with it. And uh, I li- well, yeah. But the thing is, with that, is I like to live in the moment. Yeah, I like to try and live in the moment, and that to me is way more important than planning. But at the same time, I might miss out on on mass things like not planning. Like I've never been to Amsterdam with my missus. Mm-hmm. You know why not? Well, because we'd never planned to go. I'm waiting for the for the right opportunity. So now even like in this slow period of me, I'm like, I should do things like that. Yeah. I should do things like that. So there's 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 that aspect of being like, yeah, I don't plan. I just let things develop. But I've I've kind of always done that. Like if you used to phone me up and say, what are you doing tonight? I won't typically just be like, oh I will try and seize the opportunity to, mm. to come and see you like anything. I won't be defeated within it um, or anything. I'll just take the opportunity to try and do it. Yeah, well, I, what, what I mean is like you take those little wins. So for you, like uh, you're not you're not making too many plans to do X, so, so whatever. Yeah. You, you, I'm, I'm, you, instead of saying I'm going to work out three times this week, you get to end up week and you're like, I've worked out three times this week, I'm banging. Yeah. And I'm trying to take that m- approach more in my life rather than stressing myself it because I want to do this but I'm not quite getting the well it's it's the same it's the same with that I've just recently bought a spin bike mm-hmm. is 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 a chalk that as a win yeah I'll go instantly like well I got on there and you know the rides are only 20 minutes mm-hmm. there's a warm up and a, a decompress at the end of it yeah yeah only yeah only 20 minutes spin class wicked well I've yeah. done it I've worked out today sure although it's like marginal it's still like you go well I've I've done it and then if you do it twice you, you probably hit your, your calorie goal sure yeah you know, eat well boom yeah, you're done yeah. so it's taking wins in life in it and it's not it's not being too bad with stuff but yeah and then that's just that's just that's just how i live i don't i don't plan um but yeah maybe i get the perception of that i'm more happy than i am i don't know like i i, I struggle with mental health mm-hmm. um and it's a constant battle for me um but i'm constantly trying to give myself nudges and wins and i'm not trying to perceive myself off as too happy but i'm also trying to perceive myself to, to be like i'm positive i think that's the biggest thing yeah instead of, instead of 
showing the perception of happiness, I'm showing positivity. And that's not fake. Yeah, it's really interesting that. I had a conversation uh, with my missus not too long back, and we'll roll it up very quickly. Um, but the given the perception of positivity isn't always uh, the best perception to no, give. Yeah, Being right. honest and showing where you're at with, you, with yourself exactly. can certainly get you out of that black hole sometimes. I think if you give the perception of you being happy, that's that can be... Perceive that's just it's a perceived notion, sure. Like showing that you're positive and showing something that you've earned and that you've won is way more encouraging for someone than a perception is for anything else. Big fucking time, so bro. that's the fucking one in it, yes. Right, perception a up podcast. I think that was a fucking cracking episode, I like that, yeah. Um, we're gonna be trying to do a bit, a little bit more in the future and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but with big topics and stuff like that, I've uh. I think in life, I think we use perception all the time and I think we use discipline. So the last two episodes have just been super, super important to yeah, us. The best discipline, the, be- the best perception I've ever done, Scott, is by putting a sock down my underpants. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> Girth perception. Yes, lad. <laughs> AO Podcast. We'll be back soon. Peace out. Peace.